The Atlanta Braves take advantage of another big inning early in a game to go on to a 7-1 win over the St. Louis Cardinals on Tuesday. We'll talk about that early offensive explosion and break down Ian Anderson's crucial start on Tuesday as well. Did he show signs of improvement and a reason to keep him in the rotation? We'll cover that and talk about so much more on this episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves so you can be part of the conversation. Send me in any questions, comments, feedback that you may have for the podcast. And please make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Hit that thumbs up on the video. Hit the notification bell so you get notified whenever we post a new episode. I do appreciate all the support. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. Post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode of the Lockdown Braves podcast, we're going to talk about Tuesday's 7-1 win over the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll talk about the offensive explosion early and really break down Ian Anderson's start on Tuesday and whether or not we saw signs of improvement uh, after a rough month of June for Ian Anderson. And then obviously we'll set you up for Wednesday's game where the Braves will be looking to go ahead and clinch a four-game series win over the St. Louis Cardinals. But let's start with Tuesday where the Braves do pick up a 7-1 to win and they go ahead and guarantee themselves at least a split of this four-game series against a Cardinals team that is obviously fighting for a postseason berth as well. So a big win for the Braves. The, the Mets also lost on Tuesday in a walk-off fashion against the Cincinnati Reds, just like the Braves did on Sunday. So the Braves pick up a game now. They're only two and a half back in the division to the Mets. So certainly a good Tuesday for the Atlanta Braves there with a win and a Mets loss. Jumping into Tuesday's game, Ian Anderson gave up a run in the top of the first inning, limited to just one run, and obviously we'll dive into that a little bit further. But then in the bottom of the first inning, the Braves offense really went to work and put together a five-run first inning. This obviously after a big five-run inning the night before as well. And this is big for a lot of reasons, and I want to break down you know the entire inning, but after Ian Anderson, you know, battled a little bit in the top of the first, Braves know how much he's been struggling as of late for the offense to come out and put up a big number early just to kind of settle things down, I thought was huge for the momentum of this game, obviously, but even more so just Ian Anderson being able to kind of relax and kind of settle in again after a tough top half of the first inning. So I thought this was huge for the Braves to go ahead and get that five-run spot early, kind of settle things down. But let's go through that first inning where all nine batters came to the plate. You had Ronald lead off with a single, stole second base, moved to third on a wild pitch. Dansby flies out, but it wasn't deep enough to score Ronald, at least not with one out, not going to test it there. 
Then Olsen singles, and Acuna scores on that to tie the game up. And then Riley with a home run on a off-speed pitch low and away that he sits back on and drives into the chop house. I thought that was a beautiful swing by Riley, who had a couple of good swings on off-speed pitches in this game. That gives the Braves an early 3-1 to one the lead. And then Ozuna doubles, and Rosario grounds out. But then William Contreras gets back on the home run train. He takes one the other way as well and had a follower mention the fact that Contreras looks like he's opened up his stance a little bit more. Um, he's been great all season or all year, so don't really know the need for a change there, but certainly helped him out in that at bat as he gets the home run and it gives the Braves a 5-1 to one lead early. And again, that five-run first inning. Phil Gosselin followed that up with a single. And that brought Harris to the plate to complete all nine batters coming to the plate in that first inning. Uh, Harris did ground out to end the inning, but a great response by the Braves offense in that inning coming through, putting up runs, like I said, kind of settling things down in the game, giving Ian Anderson a little bit of cushion. So thought that was huge for the momentum. And the offense kept coming. I talked about it on Monday, obviously Monday's game, you know, with the rain delay. Uh, you give them a little bit of pass. And the fact they hit the ball hard after the rain delay, just weren't able to add on any more runs. But they were able to do that on Tuesday. They score a couple more runs later in the game. But they had base runners. They had a base, a couple of base runners in the third, three more base runners on three hits uh, in the fourth inning, a base runner in the sixth, a base runner in the seventh. So, again, that's when this offense going, it's what I like to talk about. They just keep kind of coming at you. They may not score in every inning but they're going to continue to put pressure on the pitching staff, and that's what the offense did in this one. Again, they did get a couple of add-on runs late to extend the lead a little bit, so love to see that from the offense. Austin Riley, uh, absolutely tremendous in this game. Three hits, opposite field home run that I mentioned I thought was just a fantastic swing. 12 hits in his last six games now, including three home runs and three doubles, so he's starting to heat up at the plate, which is great to see. And then his buddy Matt Olson batting in front of him in the lineup hit his 32nd double of the year, continues to lead the league in that category. He has 10 hits in his last eight games, including three doubles and two home runs. So, again, he's been heating up a little bit as well. Those two in the middle of the order doing damage, getting the extra base hits, you know, batting behind Harris, Acuna, and Swanson. Certainly really makes the, the lineup go uh, much better and smoothly when that is happening. And you got all those guys kind of clicking at the same time. And the Braves did get two home runs in this game. Mentioned their home runs from Riley and Contreras. But they also showed some of their versatility as well with the speed in this game. Acuna uh, had a stolen base. Michael Harris had a couple stolen bases as well. And there's hints towards Michael Harris kind of being unleashed on the base pass. A little bit here lately, Eric Young talking about that. So we could see Michael Harris start to be a little bit more great, aggressive stealing bases, and that is certainly great to see as the Braves you know, continue to find other ways to score runs. That's what I talk about a lot. We know they can hit the home run in any situation, but being able to steal a base, get a runner over. I mean, you look at that first inning, Acuna singles, still second, moves to third on a wild pitch. He's at third with nobody out. And, and you just had a single to lead it off. I mean, putting yourself in those situations, it's going to be crucial as we go throughout the season. We face, you know, a lot of really good pitching, being able to score in multiple ways. Again, that's what I'm always talking about with this offense. The home run ball will be there, we know, but they have to find other ways to score when the home run ball isn't coming. 
And so they're starting to show signs of doing that with stealing some bases, uh, playing some good ABC baseball. But offense gets it done in this one, six games in game one of the series, seven game, or seven runs uh, on Tuesday as well. So offense certainly getting it done. And Ian Anderson got it done on the mound as well. We'll talk about that and how the good and bad from his outing on Tuesday next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, making, making each ring one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Just use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. The main thing I was looking for on Tuesday was Ian Anderson, and I really wanted to break down this start, and I wrote an article after the game over on TomahawkTake.com where I really did a deep dive into the outing and kind of breaking down the good and bad that I saw in this one. This certainly was not a great outing for me and Anderson, but certainly better than what we've seen. And when I did do the deep dive, on his outing, I thought there were actually more positives than negatives in this one. So if you haven't, go check that out over at TomahawkTake.com. Would appreciate it. Did a pretty extensive dive, stayed up pretty late, uh, breaking down all the change-ups that he threw in that game. And I'm going to talk about some of that here. His final line on the night, five innings, eight hits, one walk, one earned, and three strikeouts. 99 pitches, 61 of them for strikes. So not a terrible ratio for Ian Anderson, the strikeouts, and Grant McCauley mentioned this on the postcast, which you can find on this Lockdown Braves podcast feed or over on Lockdown Sports Atlanta on YouTube. Talked about the fact the strikeouts. Where are the strikeouts going for Ian Anderson? I think I think that's all part of this. The fact that you know he's becoming more predictable with his pitch mix. I also think part of that is just the St. Louis hitters did a very good job putting the ball in play on this evening. One of the negatives for me, for me and Anderson in the start, is really one that's been a negative for him since he's come into the league, and he's learned how to navigate it and work around it. And it's it's the one thing that I've always thought keeps him from being a top of the rotation, you know, elite type starter. That and finding a, a third pitch that he can trust is just too many deep counts, eight three ball counts on twenty four hitters face. That's a pretty high percentage right there of three ball counts. And just too many pitches. I mean, 99 pitches is through five innings. But that's been that's really been the issue with Ian Anderson throughout his career since he's got called up is that he just wastes too many pitches. He throws, he goes into too many deep counts, and he's not able to go deep into ball games. And we saw that again on Tuesday. And that was really that was really my biggest complaint for him on Tuesday. And again, that's one that's been there since he came into the league. 
everything else I thought was pretty encouraging. A lot of weak contact allowed, just an 85.1 mile per hour ever average exit velocity. That's very good. He's been his season average is around 89 miles per hour. So that is a big drop there. A lot of weak contact. He got a little bit of luck. He had four lineouts, all all on balls hit 92 miles per hour or harder, and all with an expected batting average of 390 or higher. But on the flip side, five of the eight hits he gave up were hit 82.2 miles per hour or lower. So some of that luck kind of evening out there. Again, got some got some unfortunate lineouts, but also had some unfortunate weak contact that got through the infield. But overall. He was able to create some weak contact. I thought he kept the hitters off balance with the fastball changeup mix. There was not a deviation really from what he's done with throwing the fastballs up, throwing the changeups down. That continued. Talked about it. Really wanted to see him kind of mix that up a little bit more. But I mean, it's worked for him in the past. So I understand, you know, being hesitant to change that. He did throw his curveball 18% of the time. You know, that's pretty on average with what he's done in the season and his career, still not an effective pitch for him, uh, not able to really throw it for strikes, not really fooling anybody with it, but at least showing something different. So overall, again, I thought it was more of a positive start than a negative start. The negatives were things that have been there when he's been good, just the deep counts, throwing too many pitches, no extra base hits, key as well. All eight hits that he gave up, were singles, and again, another key in this, just one walk over five innings, which is good for Ian Anderson. If he had walked, you know, three batters and given up the eight hits as well, you're talking about, you know, giving up three or four runs. So being able to limit those walks, make the hitters put it in play, even though he gave up a lot of weak contact and had some weak hits allowed, I still would take that over the walks combined with all those hits. So Again, I thought it was a an encouraging outing, a positive outing for Ian Anderson. I am by no means convinced that he is back to being the Ian Anderson that we've seen before. I still think there are changes, adjustments that need to be made, but this was, you know, a solid outing. And what I talked about on the postcast with Grant McCauley is that Ian Anderson is the Braves' fifth starter. And I think if you change your mindset to the fact that he is a fifth starter because Max Fried is your ace. Charlie Morton starting to pitch like that top of the rotation arm again. You know, Spencer Strider is dominating with what he's doing right now. Kyle Wright, you know, is clearly a, a middle uh, of the rotation pitcher and the way he's pitched a little bit here lately, obviously his start cut short on Monday. You know, he could be more than that. I think Ian Anderson is the Braves' fifth best starter. And I think 29 other teams would love to have Ian Anderson as their fifth best starter. And I think if you change your mindset to that, to realize, okay, Ian Anderson is the Braves' fifth best starter, and he's been pitching like that, honestly, maybe even a little bit worse than that in June. But if this is what Ian Anderson is, and this is what he is you know, going forward, and if he's a guy that goes out and gives you five or six innings each time out and gives up you know, three runs or less, I'll take that out of my fifth starter. And I think Ian Anderson's capable of doing that. I think we all wish more for him. And I think there's a possibility for more. Again, if he can develop, you know, another pitch and a pitch with more east-west movement on it, then I think he has the ability to to still be a top of the rotation arm. But for now, fortunately, with where the Braves rotation is, they don't really need him to be more than that 
fourth or fifth starter. Give the Braves five, six solid innings and then turn it over to the bullpen and keep the offense in the game. That's really what you want out of Ian Anderson right now, and that's certainly what he did on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens going forward. Certainly I'll be watching very closely on all of Ian Anderson's starts going forward, looking for signs of improvement and hopefully making sure that there's not any signs of regression. But I thought this was a good step in the right direction. Now, Tyler Matzik, he uh, made his first appearance since May 10th on Tuesday. Um, honestly, was not really encouraged by this outing. And it's his first one back coming off the IL, but he looked the same as before he went down. To me, the fastball velocity just was not there at all. He averaged 93.3 miles per hour on the fastball. That's even lower than his season average of 94.7 miles per hour which is even lower than his season average of last year at 96 miles an hour. So we're talking three miles per hour less on his fastball compared to last year. Again, this is one outing. You know, Velocity could certainly come back, but not encouraging coming back off the IL and throwing you know, 93, 94. There was even a 91 in there. So the velocity just still isn't there for Tyler Matzik. Um, so I'm glad Snicker brought him back in that type of situation, a low leverage situation, just to see him kind of work his way back into things. Look, Tyler Matzik can still be effective at 93, 94, 95, because he has a, a very good slider to play off of that. But I'm not sure if he can be that dominant reliever that we saw last postseason without that 97, 98 that we're used to seeing. So, Again, glad to see him back. I think he can still be a big part of the bullpen, but until we see that velocity tick up, I'm not ready to consider him a high-leverage reliever for the Braves right now. And again, his first outing back off the IL, certainly you know, want to give him some time, but I guess I wasn't, wasn't overall encouraged with this, what I saw from him on Tuesday. Need to see a little bit more. You know, I think the Braves need Matzik. I think they need him to be that dominant guy at the back end of games that can help close them out in the seventh, eighth inning. He's just he still doesn't look like that guy to me right now. So that'll be something to watch as well going forward. And then great work by Colin McHugh uh, covering two innings. Had a rough outing on Sunday. Bounced back. Good outing here to, to kind of bridge that gap after Ian Anderson left after five innings. So I thought it was great work by McHugh. And then Jackson Stevens closing it out as well. Uh, so good work by those two. Good work by the pitching staff. I mean, look, I'm being, being highly critical of the Braves pitchers here, but one run on eight hits uh, in the game, certainly pitching, getting it done on Tuesday. Um, but they do get the win, and they have a chance to win the series on Wednesday, being a primetime game with their ace on the mound. We'll talk about that next. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season, which is going on right now, the big main action at the moment. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. 
You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment as well. That's right. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor that you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing, and again, they're great for you. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good. For you, they are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or you need a health, a quick, healthy snack. They are an excellent source of protein, delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Head on over to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. On Wednesday night baseball on ESPN, it'll be Miles Michaelis versus Max Fried as the Braves try to go ahead and clinch a four-game series win over the St. Louis Cardinals. Be a tough matchup as Miles Michaelis has been very good for the Cardinals this season. He's given up two earned or less and two given him two walks or less in his last five outings, going at least five innings in 15 straight starts. He's been very consistent for the Cardinals, and he's gone at least six innings in 10 of his last 16 starts. So Going very deep in the game, not giving up many runs. That's a recipe for success for sure. And he's another starter who doesn't strike out a lot and relies on weak contact. He's in the seventh percentile in terms of whip percentage, which means hitters make a lot of contact against him. But he's in the 75th percentile in average exit velocity. So, again, you'll put the ball in play, but he's banking on weak contact and that you hit it right at a defender. Matters are hitting just 211 against him this year. His career average is 252. So that is a huge improvement for Miles Michaelis this season. Big reason for that is his slider. He has a very good one, which now is his primary pitch that he throws most of the time. He's improved his spin rate by a couple hundred RPMs, and batters are hitting just 196 against that pitch this season. He also will throw a sinker, four seamer, and curveball. All four of those pitches he throws 20% of the time or more. So both of these pitchers, you know what Max Fried does, how he mixes up all of his pitches. So both of these guys throw a number of pitches, a good amount, and are very effective with all of them. For Max Fried, he's gone at least six innings in 13 of his last 14 starts, giving his team a chance to win each time he goes out there. For Max Fried, it's just keep doing what you've been doing. He's been great for the Atlanta Braves. He's been that ace at the top of the rotation. Got an opportunity to win a series here against a postseason contending team. Got your ace on the mound. Primetime national televised game. I'm looking for Max Free to have a big performance. And again, chance to go ahead and win the series. And would love it if the offense wants to put up another five spot early. Give Max Freed some cushion there and hopefully cruise to another win. Certainly would love to see that on a Wednesday night baseball. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow. We're talking about game three of this series and hopefully another Braves win 
Now make your second listen a Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going to be going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. Obviously, you got the draft coming up soon as well. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. And again, thank you, make, thanks for making uh, Locked On Braves your first listen of today. Go and follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. And you can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 